0: It's that time of the week again, and you're listening to the Fantasy Fund Manager Podcast. I'm Stuart Lohman from Biz News. Our guests this week are Korean Capitals' Gareth Montana and Carmen Null, head multi-asset at Terebinth Capital. Just some insights for Week 20. The most bought-in stock was ShopRite. I'm wondering if that's off the back of the World Cup performance on Sunday with our little turquoise tops, and I'm sure we can talk about that in a bit. I see that stock at time of recording is down 0.85%. And the most sold stock was BHP, which is currently up 2.75%. Gareth, week 20, good rugby game on Sunday. I know we were hoping for this uh, this bounce in the markets. Uh How's week 20 playing out?
1: A bit of sad news today with Malcolm Marx out. So let's start with the important rugby stuff. Uh, But uh, it was a good showing on the weekend hasn't translated into the massive bounce in the market we were hoping for. But um, you know, we, we've still got a long world cup to go, so yeah. a bit of time left.
0: Carmen, just on your side, I know, before we get into it, we always like to ask the new guests, what does a day in the life of Carmen look like? So people can understand, head, head of multi-acid, what does that entail?
2: Okay, yeah, so I'm um, actually this a relatively new joiner at but I started on the 1st of July. Um, so to some degree, I'm still sort of figuring out my days um, being the new member. Uh, but effectively, it would be, you know, wake well wake up, get the kids off school, <laughs> get to the desk and then, you know, uh, look at the markets, look at what the RAND did, what bonds did, what equities did. Um, and then the rest of the day is spent either analyzing, getting client pictures together, building presentations i um, catching up with team members and having detailed view discussions. And obviously, you know, markets are dynamic. So there's a lot to talk about every day.
0: Yeah, I know, I know we always speak about the current state of South Africa in terms of Inc., SA Inc. Um, just an interesting stat as well 23% of players have a return greater than or equal to zero since the start of, of Fantasy Fund Manager. So that, in a sense, is three and four are negative. I'm not sure if that's if that's obviously what we've seen in the market. I am guess that's the benchmark.
1: Yeah. So I think when it comes to being invested in the stock market, there's an element of skill that comes in, which can give you ability to outperform. But often, what you get is what the market gives you. And if if you've got difficult markets, you know you've got very smart people all over the world spending enormous resources to try and outperform the market. But the market itself, especially when it comes to equities, is very much going to be the main driver of your returns. So if markets are up ten, twenty percent, it's very you know, often portfolios are going to be up that much. And if you've got difficult markets, even though you may outperform the market, it's very hard, um, you know, to to deliver massive outperformance of the market. And what we discussed last week is there there is also this. This big dispersion of returns, you know, you've got some shares that are up, but you've got a lot of big cap shares that are down 30%, 40 mm. 50% since the market started. And if you've got that type of dynamic in your portfolios, it's very difficult to produce positive returns. A comment just on yours that obviously we've got
0: internal factors. We look at load shedding. I see we might be going to stage seven, which could drive markets. And then I see in the U.S. inflation actually went up with the back of oil. Was see oil at $92? How are you playing sort of the SA Inc. at the moment?
2: Well, certainly, you know, from a multi-asset perspective, you know, we've got more than just the equity market to rely on. So um, if you think about a multi-asset fund, which they often call balanced funds, I uh, can use equities, can use bonds. So from an SA story, um, a lot of risk is in the price. So whether you look at equity, you know, we're trading at a deep discount, versus this versus our own history. And then if we look at bonds, they're also trading relatively. Cheap. So we you know, we are able to invest across them and they're both green attractive. Um, I think it's more around, you know, risk management. So that point about equity being quite volatile versus bonds. Um, but I think there's a lot of upside for SAN. You know, we at let's say not quite I don't want to call it pessimism because that's sort of the word of the day. But a lot is priced into equity. So they, you know, there's a lot of uh, longer term positivity. So yes. Stage 7 might be a buying opportunity of markets to sell off on Stage 7 or sell off further.
0: Uh, with that optimism on the equity side, because obviously that's where the fantasy fund manager mm-hmm. focuses, I know it might be down the line, Gareth, where you bring in options on bonds and stuff, but that might complicate things a bit. But on the equity side, you mentioned potential. Is there anything that sort of jumps out at you with us sitting at Stage 7 with the potential higher inflation coming through?
2: Uh, so look, at the higher inflation is not going to be meaningfully high on huh? Um, I do think in the shorter term um, you know, things after still quality still offers value. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. So if you think about our banks, well regulated, central bank credibility, um, you know, robust ROEs, yes, non performing loans might be um a shorter term concern, but you know, they're very well run companies. So I think that certainly um is something that's attractive. Um, if we look longer term, global traffic cycle could benefit SA. Um, in terms of some of the resource um, sectors, um, maybe not necessarily things like platinum, um, but generally we should be a beneficiary. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of pickings to be had across the sectors, um, not just one. And that certainly suggests, you know, think about general that, you know, peak pessimism on the consumer longer term, you know, rate cuts down the line in the next 12
1: months could benefit the sort of more interest rate sensitive sectors. And if I I can maybe yeah, if I can maybe comment on that and it's 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 something that I think you you learn over time when you're involved in stock markets is is Mr. and Mrs. Stock Market is very clever. And they they have seen what people are feeling quite a quite a while ago already. And and when Carmen speaks about the concept of already in the price, you know, there is because of We're feeling the negativity, and sorry, but but with respect to the press, the press often make us feel more negative. But the markets have been looking through to this for some time already, and our bond prices and our our domestic equity prices are reflecting a lot of what we're feeling and have been for some time. So often, when it feels its worst, when it's the most painful when when you go to the brine and everyone is moaning about load shedding and we're talking about transnet and we're talking about our ports, and you know you that is the time that often the opportunities start presenting themselves. It's never going to be a one way recovery there's volatility in specifically equities, and that that is the form of the a form of risk, but that those are the times when opportunities and the ability to make money. Really come to the fore just on the media
2: add, so, Go comment. can I add something to that. It's just also when we think about the South African stock market, we mustn't just think about it as SA Inc. or reflecting the SA consumer. Because if you buy shares on the JSE, you're able to buy a lot of global exposure. So you, you you're not only exposed to local growth and local dynamics; you actually get the benefit. Of global growth and global dynamics by buying a stand listed on the Day, so that's also what help being an investor in in JSC listed uh, stock that quite broad based exposure and growth combined
0: just on the bad news, Gareth, you know nine out of ten people prefer bad news, and that's actually why media companies I think publish it as <laughs> more people read it good good news don't not all unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Just on, on, on the SA Inc. side, is, you mentioned banks, etc. Gareth, on your side, is anything that jumps out? Because I suppose the challenge with Fantasy Fund or well, the game itself is weekly. And obviously that's too short a cycle to actually enjoy the sort of you put your market on now for six months to 12 months time when things might turn. But on that short term, is there anything that Fantasy Fund managers should look at? Anything, anything that might jump out uh, in, in a more sort of current
1: environment? Yeah, I think for, for me, and you know, it was one of my picks a couple or maybe five or so podcasts ago was was going into the diversified miners, and I think Carmen mentioned it now. Now, you know, we it's potentially you still got risk on on platinum, but there's also a lot of negativity that's come from China and the Chinese economy not not you know getting getting going again post COVID and restrictions and all the issues that they've faced. So you know. Again, it's it's one of those times where we, as a, as a South African, because you're quite acutely linked to the resource cycle because of our you know, being abundantly blessed with commodities, that plays out in a lot of sentiment. But I do think potentially the the diversified miners are are a place to start looking at. So that's that's something that, from a personal perspective, I would be looking at going forward. And Carmen, on your side,
2: well, yes, I I also take part in fantasy fund managers, but I've taken a, a different. So I've, I've gone for a buy and hold strategy of quality and it has actually, from week to week, there's a lot of volatility. Um, but by and large, the quality stocks um, have done what they meant to do. Um, so I've also gone for the diversified exposure, quality banks, um, et cetera. So um, yeah. Um, that that has worked out well, but yeah, as you say, the, the market isn't necessarily the economy and it's sort of, for example, China, we've got from peak optimism on reopening, sort of peak pessimism on they're not doing enough and I think now there's a lot of upside because the policymakers are starting to show a greater willingness to support um, the Chinese economy, which obviously benefits us.
0: Just to, with regards to playing the game, Common, I'm not sure if you've experienced the banter within the office because I know there's a lot of competition um, amongst friends. <laughs> How's it playing on? Oh.
2: Yeah, obviously, you know, people. You know, I think it's more if the the, the salespeople outperform the portfolio managers. There's some concern coming through. Um, so, you know, we've got our our own in-house leaderboard, and uh, which does run quite a lot. So, it does make for interesting to around the office.
0: Yeah, one of the lessons I learned, don't shout aloud on a Monday because oh, Friday it could be a very different picture with the volatility. Comment just very for fantasy, just for fantasy surrounding managers, we, we ask for a little tip. If you have a tip for them, A ga- we call it a game at tip. Um, I know you said you play by and hold, I don't know if it's something on those lines.
2: Yeah. No, so definitely um so within the constraints of the competition being relatively short term. Um it is Certainly, if you if you are short on time and are unable to do your weekly analysis, um, looking at the data coming up, it is go for quality. Um, so that would be strong brand recognition, high return on equities, maybe a bit detailed, um, in terms of the financial analysis, um, um and a business that you you understand what they do and they they do what they say they do, and um, that would be my advice. Certainly for buy and hold long run bottom draw investment, but that's sort of the strategy I've taken
1: for this six-month competition. And Gareth, any final words of wisdom from your side? I think think it's more around sentiment. And I think one thing which we potentially lose sight of as South Africans sometimes, and I'm not trying to put on my rose-tinted glasses and bury my head in the sand, but it's often a relative game. And I think when you look at the world at the moment, you look at other emerging markets, uh, you know, there's this talk of a uh, massive debt increase in South Africa. Most economies and countries are seeing s- similar debt increases. Yes, we are struggling from a growth perspective a bit, but it isn't always greener. So I think things are bad, but all economies have headwinds. There's been massive inflation through Europe, through the U.S., and we're not alone when we look at these increasing debt levels and, and general concerns. So I think my, my tip would be, sometimes it's not just about SA. Look at the other ugly ducklings out there because we, we're not alone. Now
0: there's that famous quote, uh, the grass is always greener where you water it. It doesn't have to be next door. So a big thanks. Thanks to Carmen Null, head of multi-asset at Terribinth Capital. And as always, thanks to Gareth Montana from Korean Capital. And a big thanks to our sponsors that make the podcast possible. Clucas Gray Asset Management, ShareNet. Money better and terabinth capital. Just a reminder to subscribe to the podcast so you get a notification when the next one comes out. And if you can follow us on X, so I don't always get confused as Twitter. I'm not quite there yet, but X, fantasy underscore fund. And you can send us any comments you might have for the show. But from me, Stuart Lohmann. Until next time. Cheerio.